Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the good news of Jesus' burial. I have some good news for you. Jesus was buried. Perhaps this created an unease in you. You say, how can the burial of Jesus be good news? Well, before I attempt an answer, let me remind you of Paul's summary of the gospel as found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 5. He writes, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ, that is Messiah, died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. The fact of Jesus' burial is part of the gospel message. It is crucial to our salvation. Let's note the account of Jesus' burial is recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in detail. All four gospel narratives relate the account, and it is mentioned in the sermon summaries recorded in Acts. Such testimony should alert us to its importance. Listen to Matthew's narrative. Jesus is buried. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. And he went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is the day after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be secure until the third day lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he's risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Matthew 27, 57 through 61. Now Paul in Acts 13 preached saying, And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus. As also it is written in the second Psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. The burial of Jesus is also connected to Christian baptism. Romans 6.4, Paul writes, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And Colossians 2.12 says, Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So Jesus' burial is very important, and it's part of the gospel. 
Why is it a part of the good news? The burial of Jesus is crucial, first of all, because it proves that Jesus really died. There is no possibility of his surviving crucifixion, being in a swoon, and then reviving. He was buried under a heavy load of burial cloths weighed down with spices. John testifies in John 18. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Then we know that a great stone was rolled in front of the tomb. The actual death of Jesus is necessary, you see, for our salvation because the wages sin pays is death. Jesus had to undergo the penalty of our sin in all of its aspects in order to redeem us. In Genesis 2 we read, The Lord God, that is Yahweh, Elohim, took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. They ate. Thus Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death. Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all People, for all has sinned. Hebrews 2 9. But we see him, that is Jesus, who for a little while would made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he, that is Jesus, might taste death for everyone. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. The burial of Jesus testifies then to the reality of Jesus' death, which is part of his enduring the judgment of our sins. As our substitute, he must undergo all that we are due as sinners in order to redeem us from the curse and judgment. The burial of Messiah was also part of the prophetic message. Jesus himself pointed to Noah in his predictions of his approaching death in Matthew 12, 40. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And here's what Paul, David prophesied in Psalm 16, verse 10. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption, that is, the pit. And here the prophet Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. After two days, he will revive us, and on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Now, these are prophetic utterances foreshadowing the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. 
After Jesus expired, he went to the realm of the dead. Now, if you consider Jesus' story of the rich man and the poor man Lazarus in Luke 16, where two compartments of the dead are mentioned, paradise or Abraham's bosom, and a place of torture across a great gulf, and then compare that with 1 Peter 3, verses 18 and 19, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, that is, put to death in the flesh realm, made alive in the spiritual realm, in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison. Combining these two testimonies of Scripture, it appears that Jesus announced in the spiritual realm his victory over death for God's elect to those who had previously died. Therefore, he went into paradise and proclaimed this victory. After all, did he not say to the thief on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise? So here's the good news of Jesus' burial. He underwent the full penalty of your sin so that you who believe on him are delivered from the judgment of God to come. And even though we must still physically die or else be translated when he comes again, he has removed from us the sting of death because he has endured the full penalty of death, including burial in the realm of the dead. This is even testified to in the Apostles' Creed. Listen to the words of God. It's recorded by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, quoting from Hosea, sort of a loose translation, and then his own statement. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Now, death's stinger is sin, and sin's power is the law, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Death, now though still our enemy, has had his venom removed and becomes a doorway into the presence of the Lord as we await our full redemption in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting with him on the new earth. This is the good news of Jesus' burial, and it's why it's part of the gospel message. Dear Christian, as you mourn when you lose a loved one in death, you can recall two things. Jesus wept at the graveside of his friend Lazarus, so he fills with you the sting of death separation. And second, you can remember that Jesus has gone before us into the shadow of death, and he emerged victorious on the day of his glorious resurrection from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead. His resurrection was physical and in a now incorruptible, immortal body, fit for the heavenly dwellings. And all who believe will follow in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus was in the grave in the state of death in the dead on the Sabbath day. But the first day of the new creation dawn, when he who was dead arose from the dead. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Until the next broadcast, remember, Jesus lives.